0: Obviously, I am a huge fan of Shakespearean fiction that is either a prequel to, a sequel to, or um, a sideways look at. Um, the events that happened in Shakespeare's plays. And I'm thinking of Rosa of the Dead or Nicole mm-hmm. Gallon's IEago Iago, which is the memoir of that great villain or Christopher Moore's books about Pocket of Dog Snogging, The Fool from Lear. Yes. Um, and obviously Hamlet's Big Adventure Prequel. So I am thrilled uh, uh, beyond measure to talk to Catherine Duckett, who is the author of a great new novel called Miranda in Milan. Although uh, you're right, I should be specific. It's really a reduced novel it's a slim novella and it's terrific catherine thank you for talking to me
1: thank you very much for having me on
0: good morning good afternoon good evening whatever it is wherever you are i'm austin titchener one-third of the reduced shakespeare company and you're listening to this week's reduced shakespeare company podcast number 726 miranda in milan Since the presidential election results are in, we can finally begin to think about what's next, which is exactly what my guest Catherine Duckett did when she began to imagine what happened next to the characters in The Tempest at the end of Shakespeare's play. The result is her new novella, Miranda in Milan, and I'm thrilled she was able to talk about it with me. What was the impulse that led you to want to write Miranda in Milan? Did you go... I love this character. I want to find out what happens to her. Or did you have a reading of The Tempest that went, wait a second, these characters in The Tempest are not at all how they've been presented to me for the last three or four hundred years.
1: Yes, I I think it was actually the latter. I I don't think actually that I liked uh, Miranda very much in the play. Uh, Also, because I I think she's not given very much to do, you know? She's kind of a cardboard cutout of a character. And uh, I was around, I guess, 18 or 19 when I read The Tempest for the first time in college. And uh, so, you know, I wasn't that much older than her. I was a... Young woman, and I really uh, wanted to see more depth to her and wanted to see her do more and be able to do more in the play than get married off to the first guy that she meets, you know. Yeah. Uh, So I, I was interested in her, and then I was interested in the. Uh, unresolved tensions at the end of the Tempest, so it's really a play that ends very uneasily. And uh, you know, a lot of Shakespeare's plays end in ways that you think, "Well, what's going to happen in a week to these characters?" Right, you know, right, right. supposedly it's a happy ending, but I, I don't know. Uh, and the Tempest, in particular, uh, I really, really couldn't stop thinking about what happens once they get back to Italy.
0: Well, and, well, and that's one of the first things that gripped me about the novel when I started reading it. I don't think it's a spoiler to say this because it happened so early in the novel, but I think of Miranda at best as a kind of an, a symbol of uh, innocence and purity and, maybe f- and, and, and hope for the future. And in your novel, she gets back to Milan and is seen as some sort of wild, feral child, because of course she would be. Right. But, growing up on an island. And I thought that was such a wonderful insight about her.
1: Yes. And I, you know, she's been instructed by Prospero about everything in the outside world. But his education for her seems very scattered, you know, in the play. It's the first time she's thought to ask about her origins and where she comes from. And uh, so, I, yeah, I didn't think she would blend in well to um, the royal court in Milan.
0: Well, and you talk about Prospero too, your, um, if we can talk about this without getting too spoilery, um, your, 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 uh, depiction of Prospero is not flattering, which is a depiction that I agree with. I, mm. I, I abs- I've written about this before. That's how we met. Um, uh, 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 you know, his treatment of Caliban is, is who's the monster there, you know, Caliban or Prospero. Yes. And yes. I, you lean into that, which I really loved.
1: Yes, and I think even uh, aside from his treatment of Caliban, the way that he treats or perceives Miranda really rankled me, uh, you know, his habit of just putting her to sleep when it's convenient for him, his focus on her virginity and purity and using her as a pawn to marry her off to this king who's, you know, has been hostile to him in the past. Right. So. Uh, I, yeah, there were a lot of, uh, grounds on which I didn't trust Prospero.
0: (laughs) And and how much of this did you, um, know when you began writing the novel? I'm fascinated by the process. Did you go, oh, well, Prospero's this way and Miranda's this way and Caliban is weirdly this way. I'm going to (laughs) write all about that. Or did you just start writing and, and discover it as you went? What was that like?
1: Well, I started writing with a question in mind, and and the question was really what had happened uh, to Miranda's mother, who, uh, you know, is mentioned in the play, but we really don't get much information about, and also what is the true extent of Prospero's power, uh, and is he really uh, interested in abandoning that? you know, completely. Uh, Because my reading of the play was, I I wouldn't, I didn't understand why he would. (laughs) His Mm -hmm. magic had gotten him everything that he wanted. Mm -hmm. Uh, He doesn't really seem to have a learning and growing moment, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, other than what he sort of, uh, he's so in control of the narrative and in in control of what we see of him, that even his, oh yes, I understand and I give up my magic and I forgive these men, it it seems as much like a performance as anything. Uh, So I wanted to delve into that and um, see what happened when he really had to return to Milan and be a ruler. So those were the questions in my head and then I just followed those threads and uh, discovered a lot in the process.
0: And it's one of the things that gripped me too about your novel too is that you 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 the the question of mothers you yes. can ask that about in almost any Shakespeare play yes. where are the mothers in these <laughs> plays um but it's one of the fascinating questions of your novel is that we deal with Miranda and her mother, and you draw again, not to get too spoilery, but you draw as much on William Shakespeare as you do on a little gal named Mary Shelley, in yes. a really fascinating way. Yes,
1: yes. And that was also one of the questions that propelled the book, uh, was, you know, at the end when uh, Prospero is abjuring his magic, he gives this big speech that's directly taken from uh, Medusa's speech in Ovid. And he admits that he has... Um, awakened sleepers from their graves. And as a, you know, I was a science fiction fantasy fan growing up, and so reading that in college, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, hold on a second. Can we go back to that?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and yeah, you also- absolutely, You've absolutely, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you've, you've absolutely seized on my two most fa- favorite quotes from that play, which is, oh wonder, oh brave new world that has some creatures in it, which could be read in many ways. And yes, I have waked their sleepers up and let them forth by my so potent heart. Love yes. You. Yes.
1: Which I have at the, you know, the beginning of the book. So, uh, and I I found those questions really interesting because in Shakespeare's time, necromancy was a very pressing and present concern. You know, King James had authored a treatise on demonology that dealt directly with necromancy. It wasn't abstract. Uh, and so I really wanted to dig into that.
0: Hi, I'm Lawrence O'Donnell, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second, you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And now back to my conversation with Catherine Duckett, whose new novella, Miranda in Milan, would make a great holiday gift in a month or so. I love that you are reinterpreting the characters in The Tempest away from Prospero, because as Shakespeare has, him, Prospero is sort of an unreliable narrator, uh, yes. as, as you sort of prove. Um, but that Miranda, it becomes, it's another coming of age novel for Miranda that feels more heartfelt, um, honest to the events that are described in The Tempest, and and also, um. A wonderfully awakening and modern because there's a queer relationship in in there as well And just talk about how much that evolved in the writing how much you went in knowing, you know, what you discovered
1: Yeah, I when I started writing I really just had Miranda showing up in this castle and Interacting with the people around her just to some extent because for reasons that will become clear in the book right. uh, She is there's a bit of separation from the people around her but uh, I think, you know, I'm a queer woman myself, and if I were brought up in uh, an island where I'd never seen any other women and then suddenly transported to a place where I did see uh, my first woman, I, I imagine that would uh, awaken some feelings and some questions. So, <laughs> that, yeah, that was sort of uh, what I discovered in the writing was, oh, that's something that's going on with Miranda. And then also that was drawing very much on my, own experience, because it is interesting that Shakespeare doesn't uh, create any space for other women in the play. You know, it's when he asks Miranda what she remembers of her past, she says, oh, I think four or five women uh, tended to me. So there there seems to be this longing, uh, not only necessarily for romantic love, say, but for uh, friendship and for companionship with women and the chance to talk to other women in this very patriarchal world.
0: And in the original production, of course, there's this not, I'm not sure if it's a queer subtext or it's just a thing, but you know, all the women were played by men. So there are men wooing and seducing other men in performance. Um, So that was already there. Uh, Why did this take the form of a novel? Or, or a novella? Or why didn't it become a play? Or, you know, I'm, I'm curious about the form that ideas take, because not yes. every idea is good for every form.
1: Yes, I think it came from a little bit of fascination with the idea of what Shakespeare uh, would have done if he had stuck around long enough, you know, for the novel to become the dominant form. Uh, he deals so much with the interiority of these characters, you know, in a way that uh, was really unprecedented. And so to get deep into uh, Miranda's mind, you know, and her experience of this castle and of Milan uh, was something that I really wanted to do. Rather it just, you know, I think part of the challenge of the Tempest is that we see these things externally uh, where Prospero is reporting what's going on and telling us what's true and what he's feeling, but we're not actually, you know, in his head. And so uh, I think that's something that the novel or novella lets you do is uh, get really, really deep into what's happening with, with a character. And that's something I wanted to do with this book.
0: Well, and as a playwright, I'm not going to challenge your view that the novel is the dominant form, but whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a popular, a widespread form, yes. <laughs> Don't get me wrong.
0: <laughs> and so tell us, this is great that you've created like an origin story for Miranda. Um, what is, br- briefly, what is your origin story? How did you become a writer?
1: Ooh, uh, well, I... like I've always been a writer. Um, I always have uh, been writing my own stories. And even when I see other stories, you know, writing uh, takeoffs on those. So uh, very Shakespearean in that way, you know, see a story and then rework it. Uh, And I uh, grew up knowing that I wanted to be a writer uh, and spent a long time working in publishing um, in specifically the science fiction and fantasy sphere. So books have really always kind of been my life.
0: Neat, that's so great. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. You can and should order Miranda and Milan at all your usual places. Then send us your Shakespearean sequels via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Catherine Duckett at K-E-K Duckett Thanks as always to Mooncalf Matthew Croak Web Services by Ginger Power Limited Music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Peter Michael No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Lawrence O'Donnell, host of The Last Word with Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC, creator of Mr. Sterling, executive producer, writer, and actor on a little show called The West Wing, and my guest on two episodes of this podcast from earlier this summer, And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 726, 2078th of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Well, so, uh, Catherine, congratulations on Miranda in Milan. And also, thank you for pronouncing it Milan. I don't know (laughs) millen I don't
1: there's no reason. I've had this conversation with so many people. Yes, yes.
0: It's not called the Merchant of nice <laughs> This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to reduceshakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. So much less. <laughs> so much less. So much less. So much less. So-